0: Join Global Genes and the Orphan Disease Center at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine for the annual Rare Drug Development Symposium, June 6th and 7th in Philadelphia. The symposium will focus on the drug development process and is designed to connect, educate, and inspire rare disease advocates. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org forward slash rdds. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Children awaiting adoption with a rare disease may go untreated or receive minimal treatments. If they go unplaced, they may face life in a long-term care facility or nursing home. Gift of Adoption is a nonprofit that provides adoption assistance grants to help vulnerable children find a permanent home and the chance to thrive. We spoke to Pam Devereaux, CEO of Gift of Adoption, about the cost of adoption, how her organization works, and the need it's seeking to address. Pam, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about your organization, Gift of Adoption, the need it's addressing, and the particular issue children with rare diseases face in getting adopted. Perhaps you can begin with the gift of adoption itself. What does it do, and how does it work?
1: Gift of Adoption is founded on the idea that having a loving family is a basic necessity for children everywhere. And so we know that, um, there's millions of children who are born, um, really on uneven playing fields where the circumstance of life have left them, uh, without a family. So there's millions of children around the world who are orphaned. And in the United States, there's, you know, 400,000 children in the foster care, about 100,000 in any given day who are ready to, uh, have a family adopt them. And so, um, what we also know, So that's the need, and what we also know is that Americans have a heart for this. Um, America is the most adoptive nation. But we also know that for many families who've considered adoption, the cost of the adoption can be a barrier. And so that's really where gift of adoption comes in. Our sole focus is to remove the financial barriers to adoption so that children can have loving families and really unleash their potential to thrive.
0: How long has the organization been around, and how did it get started? It was started in 1996,
1: actually, as a private family foundation by a family who built their um, family through adoption, Um, Gene Wyka and his wife. um, He actually was a critical diabetic um, as a young child and legally blind at the age of 20 and, um, but he was a very successful businessman, and uh, they built their family through adoption, domestic and international. And when they were adopting their son, Joey, um, they realized um, while they were there, they were supposed to be there for about three weeks. It turned into kind of a three-month process. And while they were there, they realized many families had to um, go back home and couldn't finish the adoption process. So they saw firsthand how, um, sometimes the financial barriers can prevent adoptions from happening. And then, of course, the ripple effect is that children languish without the love and care of a family. And so they thought, wow, we can, we can do something about this. So they started a private family foundation, um, and they privately, unbeknownst to many of their closest friends, were, uh, inviting people to apply for funds to complete adoptions. And so they did that for about four years. And then the need, um, was so great that they ended up moving uh, to becoming a, you know, a public charity, which is when Gift of Adoption started in 2001. And since then, we've awarded over $8 million in adoption assistance grants to help um, close to 2,900 children find their forever family.
0: I think people would be surprised by the large number of children with a, a rare condition who are in need of adoption How big a population do they represent, and and why is it such a disproportionately large number of these kids in the world of adoption?
1: Well, I think um, there's a lot of circumstances that separate children from families, and one of them, I think, um, can be um, congenital diseases, rare diseases. I think in in, um, some families, in some communities, in some cultures, um, they're not able to take on the responsibilities of caring for that child, and so there's, um, so in, in response to that, there's a, a good portion of them that are placed for adoption, um, and then I think from there, you know, I think it takes a very special family, a qualified family, to move into that space where they would welcome that child into their family. And so um, the thing about Gift of Adoption is we've always been focused. We really see ourselves as a children's charity, and we've always been focused on helping the most vulnerable children, kids at risk of never having a family. So this partnership with Horizon Pharma is in their Rare Is uh, program is just really natural in that this is a community we've been serving for a long time, and they've been serving for a long time. So, um, But, yeah, that's what's contributing to the need. And then I think um, barriers like financial or understanding or lack of connection are the things that would keep children uh, with rare diseases uh, longer in institutions or um, other circumstances where they're not having a family.
0: Well, for people not familiar with the process of adoption, what does it take to actually adopt a child and, and where does the cost come
1: Sure. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty rigorous vetting process, and I, th- I think that's a good thing. Um, so, uh, in order to adopt a child, uh, the one of the first steps is a home study, which is done by a professional uh, social worker who would uh, is well trained in understanding if you'd be a good parent, and so um, they're very much looking to make sure that if a child were placed with you or your family, that it would be a good placement. So, you're vetted uh, through a home study process that's fit to that sort of assures that you're physically, financially, emotionally fit to adopt a child. Then there's a ton of transaction paperwork type things that are required because it's obviously a legal process, and so <laughs> and there's a lot of a lot of that. And then the final uh, step and final addition to the cost is travel. So as, you know, a friend of mine likes to say the first part of being home. Is getting there. And so um, oftentimes there's travel required, whether it's international or even with domestic adoptions. Sometimes you need to be um, in a a state uh, away from your home for a couple weeks, four weeks before the child is healthy enough or uh, the paperwork has been um, completed so that you can travel across state lines. So a lot of times travel is a big piece
0: of the cost. And what is the geographic range of the adoptions you work with?
1: Sure. So we're helping American families adopting children from anywhere around the world.
0: And in, in terms of cost, is there a dollar amount people might expect to to pay in the adoption process?
1: Yeah, I think the latest uh, numbers have suggested the cost of adoption is somewhere between thirty five and forty five thousand, either domestic or international. It could be substantially more depending on the particular circumstances, but that's about what we see. Um, from the families who are applying for assistance from gift of adoption. And so the families we're serving have, of course, gone through all that vetting process. And then they have, um, more than half of the adoption cost already funded themselves. And then that's a, a perfect time for them to apply to gift of adoption. And our grants are, are up to $10,000 and we're the final funds needed. So when you're part of the gift of adoption story and the Horizon Pharma, um, commitment to this, The funds that um, we're giving are the final funds needed to bring that child home.
0: Well, let's talk about the Horizon Pharma Rare Is Adoption Fund that was recently announced. What is it, and, and how are they working with your organization?
1: Sure. Wow. okay, so it's a great, great example of a partnership where you realize the community of children we're serving and families we're serving are the same community of children and families that they're serving. So we had been familiar with um Horizon Pharma and their team um, for a number of years. They were supporting Gift of Adoption and then I th- in a variety of ways. And then I think it really was that aha when we realized that about thirty-five percent of the adoption grants that Gift of Adoption provides are for children with um medical conditions. And then further exploration, we realized 40% of those children had, in fact, rare diseases. That's when we went and talked to the team and really talked about this cool opportunity, and they um, were uh, really excited about making such an impact. And so it's a three-year, multi-year commitment, um, and it will help ensure that 30 or more children uh, will get home. And, you know, getting home for children – is amazing in in all cases, and also children with rare diseases. They're just at such high risk. The chance of getting home and access to the treatments and medicines and the loving care, it's just, it's it's literally, um, the impact it's making on these kids is, is, um, it's life-altering.
0: How difficult difficult is it to place a, a child with a rare disease in adoption?
1: Well, in general, so if you're in an orphanage, I think the probability of being adopted, so if you're overseas, it's about one and one and a half percent. So for a hundred people in a room, one and one and a half of them are likely to have the chance of having a family. And then if you're older or a sibling set or have a rare disease, those probabilities go much lower. So, um, it's very unlikely. So this is. I mean for these kids it's it's um unbelievable the gifts that they're receiving and the families are receiving the chance to have their lives enriched by these children it's um it's really cool one one thing that the horizon team was surprised by and we are too sometimes we're helping families who have a child who has a rare disease and then when they realize there's other children in institutions with that same rare disease they truly find it in their hearts and in their home to sort of open up themselves and see if they can't adopt a child like the child they already have at home (laughs) and so think about the you know the camaraderie and they already have a strong medical team and you know so it's it's pretty neat to see that too
0: I, i want to go back to that point in a minute but let me ask you what kind of care does a child with a rare disease get in an orphanage and how well do they tend to fare
1: well you know what i i i would uh say um that everybody's doing their best but i think um in general access to treatment or i would say consistent treatment i would think would be um not reliable and um again i think there's um you know, just a lot of generosity over that comment, meaning I, I think it's just the nature of the rare diseases and where technology is and access to things. I mean, I think sometimes even basics like enough food or heat um, can be not found in some places. And so I think, you know, coupling on the need to find special medicines or treatments, I think there's a lot of good things happening. There's other organizations around the world that are Recognizing that some children in orphanages will always be in an orphanage or, um, won't be able to be adopted. And so they're trying to wrap around all sorts of other services and surgeries and things. So I, I think there's a lot of very positive things. But, um, you know, if it's, um, you know, I think that just the idea that it would be more likely, safer, more access here, um, in in a home in the United States with a family that's prepared and screened and ready to take that on and and wants to, um, I think, you know, I just got to say that would be a better circumstance.
0: You you mentioned uh, people with a child who have a rare condition adopting a, a child with that same condition. Is that what usually happens in the case of the adoptions of kids with rare diseases? And and what kind of a person does it take to to want to go out and do that? <laughs> Our better selves. I mean,
1: it's <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> it is. It is. We have a family uh, in Wisconsin who has. You're gonna. You're gonna help me pronounce this. But is it ichthyosis?
0: Ichthyosis. Yes.
1: So we have a family who has a daughter, um, who has that. Um, rare disease. And yeah, when they were, um, realizing there was a, a child in China, um, who had that same skin disease, they felt strongly that they had room. And so, um, they're really excited. And of course, Evie, the, the daughter who's at home, can't wait for her little sister Nora to get here. <laughs> and so, um, you know, yeah, they're, I think, um, yeah, our better selves. I also think, um, Again, the connectivity and the things that the rare disease community, you and your podcast are doing to make this all feel more possible for people not to feel alone are also incredibly strong parts of bolstering families to take that step, right? And so um, I feel like the inspiration may come from them, but I think the community around them helps them. Take that first step, you know, and so I feel strongly that gift adoption is a part of that, and and this partnership is a tremendous testimony to the impact you can have as a community to to help more of these families. We we have another uh, family um, who, who it's not a it's not a the same disease, but it was really interesting. I guess you know there was two two boys who were very close in an orphanage. One of them is now named Nolan, and he's at home in the United States and. After he was adopted, the family realized that he was missing his good friend, and it turned out his good friend, they called him brothers at the orphanage. They were so close. And so um, when the family worked with their agency and got a hold of the orphanage, they realized who this other child was, and he actually has, I think it's called Wagger syndrome, and um, so they adopted this little boy. So it, it wasn't a child. They didn't have their first son who they adopted, didn't have this rare disease. But then when they realized his sort of orphanage brother did, um, they stepped forward into that space and brought this little guy Francis home. He's 10 years old, and he just came home in January with the help from Gift of Adoption.
0: I, I saw a little video about uh, a boy named Isaac and uh, oh a woman, Jill Young. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if yes. you could talk a little uh, about the their story and the role your organization played
1: sure so isaac uh was born very medically complicated with um hydrocephalus and spina bifida club feet so and among other things and so um jill um had met his mom his birth mom at the hospital um and was um, helping out as a volunteer as a temporary foster volunteer Um, which is a role she's played in the past. And um, the more she got to know the mom and the more she got to know Isaac, you know, she was really falling for him. And um, eventually there was a trust and a bond there and a real confidence that Jill could step in and uh, become Isaac's mom through adoption. So um, she uh, is a single person, and so she was saying, wow, I," you know, she knew to fund a private adoption was going to be, require some money and so she said she did fundraisers and like GoFundMe and a bunch of different things for church helped, her family but she was still coming up short with with the costs that are required to complete the adoption and so that's where Gift of Adoption came in. Her caseworker at the adoption agency mentioned us to her and so yeah so (laughs) we were able to complete that adoption with Jill and Isaac and yeah they are just he's flourishing. Um, He I, I had a chance to meet them recently uh, again and see how they're doing. And he is, um, he has such a vibrant imagination. He put me in jail. We were playing imaginary jail. And uh, he got my nose and all the things that kids do. He sings Twinkle Twinkle, uh, best rendition you'll hear. So, um, it's amazing to think that in some small way we could be part of his flourishing. He is just phenomenal. And, and the life, the alternative, kind of that sliding door thing of what might have happened. If he hadn't met Jill and that couldn't, he couldn't be adopted, um, her words are that he would have been, he was very close to being and he would have been placed into, um, sort of a nursing home type facility where, um, that's where he would grow up. And, uh, as she said, that's kind of no place for a kid to grow up. And so, um, yeah, it's a pretty special story pretty special family, so his story's still yet to be, he's got a lot, a lot more chapters to write there, so I'll have to keep an eye on him.
0: The so. cost of raising a child with a, a rare disease can, can be very high. Does this serve as any kind of a barrier to getting these kids adopted?
1: You know what, It's
0: that's a really good
1: question. I I know that when you go through the adoption process, they do really take into consideration the circumstance of the child you're adopting so if it's if it's siblings if it's older kids if it's a special needs if it's a rare disease so um but yes i do think that um you know practically speaking families who are moving into this circumstance the cost of the adoption itself and then really having a game plan for the care and it's just um everything who who's going to be your network who's the team but i i really do feel like um uh, again this kind of connection through the rare is community the work you're doing i think um the hospital social workers the specialists i don't know i i feel like i mean one of the families in a quote said you know our u- urology team and i are we're re- or us are, we're ready so i do think that um it is a barrier um i think that um the more people can talk and connect, it will become less and less of a barrier and uh, people can feel supported by each other.
0: Are Are you finding any change in attitude towards adopting medically complicated kids these days?
1: Changes in attitudes. Hmm. Well, I mean, we've always helped gift Options view and kind of the place we are operating is with children who... um we're familiar with helping children in, in um, who are at risk and in difficult circumstances. Um, so I, I think we've always had a focus on helping vulnerable children. So it's probably not been a huge swing in what we're seeing, but I think as a whole, if you were to look at the adoption industry, and I'm not an expert on the whole industry, but from the things that you see and, and I'm familiar with, um, definitely... Some of what's changed in the adoption space is that, um, for um, a myriad of reasons, some of the children who are available for adoption are what um, would generally be considered um, special needs, meaning older children, children who have medical conditions, um, children who are parts of sibling sets. So I think, in general, the children who are more available for adoption um, are in those categories, whether it's international or domestic.
0: Pam Devereaux, CEO of Gift of Adoption. Pam, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Thank you kindly. It's a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at Danny at